maybe you guys right now are running a business where you are very booked out work-wise, you're busy, you've got work all the time, but it, every time you seem to cut yourself a break and put some money in the bank, it just, just like that, it vanishes. It's gone, expenses come in, and it just feels like you're working for nothing, but you're so busy all the time. Or maybe it's the total opposite, where you make great money whenever you work, but you're not working often enough and you can never seem to get enough business through the door. You can't seem to close enough people. People don't seem to get back to you very well and you're thinking maybe it's your market. Or maybe when you do your profit and loss for the entire year, everything looks great, but there's certain times in the season where you end up with almost nothing in your bank account that might require you to go borrow money at interest and every year you're losing money doing that. But your profit and loss looks good, you know, your, your end of year profit looks really good on paper, but there's points where you run out of money. If this sounds like you, if, if any of these situations have happened to you, or there's just other random things happening in your business that you don't feel like it's going quite right, you run out of money at weird times, uh, you're not making enough money, you're not staying busy enough, the work just won't get booked out. There's a lot of things here that are actually can be solved if you know how to correctly read the numbers of your business. My name is Caleb Nguyen. I am the owner of Yellow Hat Mowers, Inc. We are a lawn and landscape business here in Syracuse, New York. Been growing a lot recently. Uh, we went from one truck to now, well, three at the moment. We're getting a fourth one, excuse me, on Thursday. So this episode will go up in the day after I'm flying out um, to JFK to, and then I'm going to take an Uber to go into Long Island to pick up the next truck, which is a 2015 Silverado 2500. Um, that'll be the final truck that we will be snow plowing with. So far, snow plowing looks like it's going to be very exhausting, a little bit of a nightmare, but the money's good. We're going to make it happen. Um, and I've also had the opportunity to be able to help, uh, probably a handful of guys, maybe like a half dozen guys build their businesses out. Um, and just walk them through the processes that I've been through, kind of going from like a, you know, having like a thirty, forty thousand dollar year, technically a side hustle, to having something that went from you know that to a hundred thousand to now you know three hundred thousand, and now even past that, where we have four trucks and the hope, the plan is to do a million dollars this coming year. But if you are in any of those situations that I just mentioned, I think you're gonna really want to listen to this episode. We are in, I think this is part four, episode two. Um, of getting the basics right series. Um, in a lot of the past ones, I talked about everything from employees. Uh, I don't think we've talked about equipment yet, but I've talked about a lot of different stuff. And this particular part of the series is talking about numbers, knowing them, how to use them, um, how to go about taxes, how to do the legal stuff, that kind of that kind of thing. Just those those things that like we don't really hear much about, and you're like constantly trying to find things on YouTube, like how what is what is this stuff? You hear people say it, but it's never been broken down. I'm going to try and break down for you guys here in the next few minutes. Hey, what do these numbers in my business, if you haven't listened to actually, uh, I think last week's episode that came out on Wednesday, I would highly recommend you do that first. I talk about some numbers to um, keep track of, but I'm going to kind of create a couple scenarios for you guys to help put you in the right frame of mind to be able to take those numbers and actually do something with it. Because it's great if you're tracking numbers. But if you don't ever do anything with it, then you're kind of toast. Now, a lot of times this is like an acquired uh, skill that you will just have to learn as you see more numbers. So meaning you need to track numbers to be able to see them. You're going to need um, 
professional people to help you learn to interpret them because I really can't do that here in a 15-minute podcast. I can't walk you through every scenario. I can throw a few out at you so that you can begin thinking for yourself in a way of like, oh, this could be the solution. Okay, so I'm going to throw a couple scenarios at you. Let's uh, let's go for three. Let's, the first one here uh, is going to be, let's say that you have a lot of work but your expenses are just coming in so fast and you can never seem to just put away money in the bank and, and really pay out yourself well what you really should be getting paid. Um, I had a guy message me on Facebook uh, semi-recently. He commented on one of my posts and he was like, hey, I resonate. And it was just me talking about the roller coasters of business. And some days you're up and some days you're down and it's just all over the place, but it can get exhausting and grueling. And you're like, dude, is this really even worth it? The answer is yes, it will be worth it in the end if you push through, but there's also times where you get to pinch points where you don't know what to do. And I'll tell you right now, your numbers can be a huge indicator of that. And I'm even going to pull this up. I, I won't share his name for, for the sake of privacy for him, but I'll pull it up and kind of walk you guys through a little bit of scenario in case you are in a similar situation. Give me one second. Let me pull this up here. Here we go. Um... Yeah, he just he just reached out, uh, and I was just like, "Hey, what what problems are you kind of dealing with? Walk me through the situation." Um, and he's just been the the biggest thing that I heard. The first thing he mentioned, he's charging thirty five per man hour. Realized he's going in the hole. Not bad, but constant worry about money. <coughs> um, <clears throat> it is his full time gig and has been for about eight years. Uh, landscape work. He's been doing it for about fifty clients. Um, and I just asked him, hey, are you having a hard time getting clients? Is that why the pricing is where it is? Because um, I said, I, I know for us, we're always at 50, 70 per man hour. A lot of you guys know this. Um, maybe some of you don't. This is this is new to you. And he said, per man. He said, no, I'm covered up with work, but the money goes out faster than I can keep it. I said, gotcha. Um, I just said, hey, I think it's a good time to start testing price increases. Um, on at least 50% of your clients. Um, I get it. You don't want clients to drop off, but at a certain point, it's not worth it. You might as well just get a part-time job at McDonald's and try to support the family on that, and that's obviously no good. Um, and let me let me just play out the hypothetical that I gave him just so that you guys have more context. If you're in a situation where you seem to have a lot of work, um, people love you, all that good stuff, but there's, you're just not making the money you need to. Um, I'll tell you this right straight up. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family. And you didn't get started in the business to be a charity for other people and to ruin your life to give people a slightly more convenient service for them where the pricing is perfect for them. It's always in their budget. It's always cheap, all this stuff. You you weren't born for that. This is not why you live here. This is You got a certain amount of years um, alive on earth and you, you want to make the most out of it, right? And it's not to be a pushover. And it's I, I hate to say it, but it's to make stinking money and make the life that you want to happen happen and so i get it some people will be like well i want to just make my clients happy the purpose of you getting into business was not to make your clients happy but was to make basically yourself happy and to build the business that um that got you to the dream outcome that you have <clears throat> it's not to appease other people because trust me you will spend your whole life trying to appease other people and a lot of times Doing the best quality work and treating people right is going to be the way that you grow your business best, okay, which is fantastic. So you have great incentives there, but you can't be stupid and let yourself get walked all over. I'm not saying that's something that he did, um, and it, kudos to him for, for even reaching out in the first place. So I, I, I broke it down this way. 300 total man hours per month. This is the hypothetical. 
Um, so most of you guys can just kind of extrapolate that out. Um, and I'll break that down on a weekly basis. So 300 divided by four is 75. So it's two guys doing like 37. So maybe it's like him doing 40 hours worth of work and, a, and um, an employee doing 35 hours worth of work, okay? At the hypothetical $35 an hour, it's $10,500 per month. Doesn't sound too bad. I know some of you guys are probably a little bit less than $10,500 a month, so kudos to him for building that out. I said if you increase prices to only $50 an hour, which by the way is still extremely affordable. $50 per man hour is just very, it's still very, very affordable. If people are fighting you over prices at $50 per hour, you can just go tell them to pound sand, okay? I, I really don't even care what your market is. It's just too expensive to be charging less than that. If your market won't take it, go move somewhere else, do something else, like get out of wherever you are. Um, but I would I would tell you most of the time, it's just you're not being creative enough. You don't have enough volume of, of clients to come in through the door or phone calls. If you only get two phone calls a month and only one of the two closes and you're like, man, this horrible market, you should probably be marketing more. It's probably not where you live. It's probably what you're doing to get new clients. Anyway, I digress. <coughs> so if you only increase $50 per hour, which is an extra $15 per hour, um, which is still very affordable, and 30% of your clients drop off, you're still looking at the same $10,500 a month, which is exactly the same he was making before, except all of your variable costs, such as fuel, wear and tear, labor, will all be decreased by 30%. So that means you'll be working less hours, so more time to get more high-paying clients, spend more time on you know self-education, spend more time with the family, and you're going to make more money since you're costs are going down by 30% that goes directly to your profit, 30% that goes directly to your profit. Now, keep in mind, it's him and one other guy, right? So all of his variable costs decrease at least 30%, um, and he's going to have more time, significantly more time. Like I said, cut you know 30% drop off, he's going to have 30% more time. So if he's working 40 hours a week, now he's working 28 hours per week and making more money and has more time, which is crazy all around. Boom, increasing prices was the first thing. I said, I hope that makes a bit of sense. Um, and he said, uh, he said he's at 40 now with some clients, 35, 40 now. He said $50, he doesn't think is going to hurt to push it to that point. And I said, hey, then go for 55, 60. This is kind of what I would do. So if you are booked up and you just want to... Um, Honestly, just make better profit. That's what I would highly recommend doing. Increasing prices. I get it. It's tough. It's hard, <clears throat> especially if you have been doing it for a while. You know these people personally. It's tough. But it's also, it's a doggy dog world. And you're not here to be their charity, okay? You are here to run your business, to change your life. And if you so choose to want to be that, to be the way that you make an impact in your communities by giving people stupid low prices, you can do that. But you're sacrificing yourself. Um, the people who are, are near and dear to you that you can't help in a significant way because you're not charging enough money. So there is no ethical reason why you just don't just charge more money in that scenario. Now, the second one I want to share is um, really big, juicy contracts, but they don't happen very often. Now, I hear this quite a bit. I was talking to another uh, one of the guys, and it's not this. It's not, not a perfect fit, but we were going over, hey, what's he bidding for? Snow. And obviously, this is a very new thing to me, but we've built out a very competitive pricing structure where if we don't win the bid, I know that I was very, very close to it, and it gives me a really good, um, and I, everyone's told me I'm within 5 to 10%, uh, well, probably within 5% of everybody else. So I'm either like 5% low or 5% high, very, very close 
um, when it comes to plowing. Salting, I was definitely on the high side. They're like, yeah, you're like double on salting because we're doing um, rock salt instead of bulk salt. Going to change that up and then get people better salt prices. But anyway, my pricing was pretty on point for my area. When he told me some of the pricing that he was he was giving um, some of these commercial lots, I realized it was kind of it was significantly higher uh, than everyone else. And originally, I thought maybe it's his market. He doesn't particularly live in a super high income area. I think it's just a forty thousand dollar median area. Um, the population is not huge. Um, overall, it's it's a little bit smaller than Syracuse, where I live. <clears throat> it's probably a little bit smaller than. Um, the half of the city that I live on. So it's, you know, maybe it's a uh, 50,000, 60,000 population area in that immediate like 10 to 15 minute drive from the center of the that area, from the center of the city there around, maybe 15 minute drive. Um, so not a huge area either. And there's little towns right outside of it that have more commercial space. Um, so I thought maybe it's the market. doesn't seem like a super high income area. There's no real big, big businesses there. Um no cutting edge, no hospitals, no big techs, like nothing that I could see as being a source of um, a lot of high income people in that area. Pretty quickly, we realized that it was just the pricing. The pricing was just a little bit too high. And I think maybe it was his father or he just, I don't know what the impression, I can't remember what the exact thing was. Um, it was a perfectly valid reason, but I had we had to re-break down and say, hey, what is actually the realistic pricing that we need to get? Because it's like great whenever he gets work, he makes great profit, <clears throat> but he's not getting enough work. Now there's two solutions to this. Just because just and just these this just comes from the numbers, because we're looking at, hey, each job profit is really high, but overall volume, total revenue is too low, right? And it's so low that in fact our fixed costs. Uh, the you know monthly payments on everything is causing him to break even. He's got great profit, so that he's able to break even, but just barely. And if he was able to scale and get good volume with the pricing that he has, he would have incredible profit margins. What we've pretty quickly figured out is he was bidding pretty high on a lot of stuff, and that's why that was happening. Uh, another thing was he had a lot of expenses on pieces of equipment that just weren't getting used a whole lot. If I was looking at a balance sheet, a cash flow statement, anything like that, I pretty quickly realized, um, and this is something that we talked about, that a lot of the equipment wasn't coming close to paying for itself. And so that stuff had to go. He sold his aerator. Uh, he got rid of his previous truck. He, he switched it out for a different truck. Um, and overall, he's doing really, really well now. I know that he's had at least 30% growth from the past winter season, and I have a feeling that this spring he's going to be absolutely killing it. I'm really, I'm really excited for him. He's really killing away. He actually texted me a picture of his his setup today after he finished snow plowing. Super crazy. Um, they had their first event the other day, which is nuts that they got their first event before we did. But um, his biggest thing was pricing. He actually needed to bring his prices down a little bit lower. That was one thing. But he also needed to increase his volume, the amount of people that he was interacting with, with the potential of creating clients. So he went out and did door hangers. <clears throat> Didn't see a whole lot of fruit from that. Um, but there were things that would have changed on maybe the design of the door hangers, how many he got out there, when he got them out there. Those kinds of things can be changed. And again, those are also numbers that can be tracked. It doesn't just have to be the profit and loss, cash flow statement, all these things that are basically, like for example, the cash flow statement, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the, the other weeks, is your month-to-month profit and loss. Profit and loss is literally just how much did I make how much did I spend? And it's just broken down further. 
And so it's like a mini version. It's like a profit and loss on a monthly basis or whatever your uh, time frame is, maybe even a weekly basis if you run a very tight business like that. Um, for us, we just do monthly because it's simple that way. But I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the money comes in at the end of the month versus, you know, during the second weeks. During the third week, you're, you're starving for it. And then week four, it's, it's uh, the feast time again. So <clears throat> just from uh, his numbers, you very quickly pick up a couple pieces of equipment weren't making enough money. Um, he was charging a little bit too much. And he didn't have enough volume of people coming in the door because he wasn't doing enough things to get clients to come in the door. He's recently been able to grow his company a good bit and uh, very excited for him. He's, he's, he's finally kicking butt and uh, it's it's long overdue. He's been putting in the work for a very long time. So those are two scenarios. Let me think of another uh, good one. Um, I'll just, I'll use, I'll use this, okay? Because I want to pivot from just breaking down the numbers of like, uh, oh, profit is high, but not enough clients. Profit is low, but too much work. I'm going to go, I'm going to leave the profit and all that world. And I'm going to go to a different kind of numbers. In fact, it's probably the, one of the most important forms of numbers that you need to know. And that is client acquisition. What is acquisition? Acquisition is acquiring, sounds like the word, right? Acquiring or getting or bringing in a new client. So your client acquisition cost is built up of a couple of different things, right? <clears throat> it's built up of basically the cost to get a lead, uh, the cost of the labor of the person who's answering the phone to close that lead, and then what percentage of those uh, people who call in do actually get closed at all, and how many how many man hours of labor does it cost to close them, and how much money in ad spend, how much money in uh, every door direct mail, you know, mailers, how much money in yard signs does it take to get one client? Now, when you break this down to an exact science, your business becomes a freaking cash machine where you can pump it in and you know what you're going to get out. And I will say there will always be that feeling in the back of your mind. You're like, man, what if it doesn't work like it's supposed to this year? It's always going to be the back of your head. I'm just going to tell you right here, right now, you're going to have those thoughts. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, there will be times where you're like, man, I don't know if we're going to hit our numbers. I don't know what's going to happen. I get it, but when you have these numbers to stand on from past years that you know, hey, I can acquire a client with door hangers for $90. Now you know it costs me $90 to get a client, and if I need 110 clients to be able to fill an entire truck with two guys that does $250,000 a year, that's going to run me, what, 90 times, let's say 110 is $9,900 worth of marketing in the spring between the fourth week in March and the first week in May. In that period of time, I need to spend $9,900 plus all I need to staff accordingly and find the right people and staff accordingly to be able to answer the phone enough to be able to close that 110 clients for enough work And I need the back end to be able to upsell these people into mulch and other services that are going to increase uh, the dollar value that I get from each client. Because by the way, if you want to break it down even further, you need to make $250,000 on, what is that, 110 clients? And the math on that comes out to be right under $2,300 per client. And if you know that they're going to be doing mowing, you know, 35 cuts at $35, that's 
that's already $1,200, great. So we need to find an 11, another $1,100. Maybe they're gonna sign up for snow plowing in the winter. Let's say even all of them do, or they give you enough referrals that maybe, well, not all of them uh, close. Some of them bring multiple friends with them and it all evens out to be 110 in the end. Let's say that you charge $500. So we'll just add another $500 on there. So you have, what is that, another, math is escaping me, it's getting light, like $400 to go. Okay, so let's throw in then a mold shop for $400, boom. So if you sold everybody, and now some people will have a $1,000 mold shop, some people want hedges done twice for 200 bucks each time, you know, like things like that will add up. There will be some clients that make you more money than others. Some of them will be cheap sticklers. They just want the grass cut for $35 type deal. <clears throat> Maybe they want the driveway done. Maybe they don't. They just want basic service. Totally understand. But we need to get $2,300 per client out of 110 clients. So how are we going to build the back-end systems and how are we going to have the other services to upsell to them to be able to hit those numbers and turn each of those 110 clients into $2,300? Now, by the way, there will be some clients that you make $10,000 in a season off of. I mean, we had one. I think we made fifteen grand off of them, and we only had them from like September, late September, October, and then November. Uh, and we could have made a few thousand dollars more off of them if we had been willing to do their snow plowing, but they're just too far of a drive away. Um, so that's another way that you can break it down, right? When you have these numbers, now you know how to collect them. You collect these numbers, and you just – work backwards. And you say, what do I want to create here? How much is it going to cost? And then you can br even break down the finances of your company currently. And you can extrapolate it and say, hey, we need our profit margin higher, and we need to do more in revenue as well. And a lot of times you need to be realistic and say, over the next three years, we're going to go from where we are today at $350,000 a year at a 20% profit margin to a 30% profit margin and a million dollars a year. And you work backwards and you say, next year, maybe I make the same amount in profit, but we spend so much on growing and we have many more clients, we have more employees, and we have employees uh, as a support system, we have office staff, so that I don't have to spend as much time working for the business and I can spend more time working on the business. So I spend more time doing things that aren't as physically difficult. I spend more time doing things that are um, moving the business forward and are working on the business. And so come three years from now, instead of you know doing your $70,000 a year take-home pay, instead you're doing your $300,000 a year take-home pay, but instead of doing $330,000 in sales and revenue, like you are currently, you're doing a million dollars. You bump up your profit margin and you do more money. What's it gonna look like along the way to get there? You need to know the numbers. And a lot of times, you're going to need to learn how to track your numbers in the first place, which I talked about in the last one. You're going to need to know how to analyze your current numbers to figure out how you're going to get from where you are today to where you are then. And sometimes you're going to need to know enough that to say, hey, do I need to increase prices, decrease prices, or do I need to use this past data on how, to, how much it costs me to acquire a client to go acquire more clients? And how do I plan appropriately? and in advance so that I'm not trying to pick up 100 clients in the middle of summer, which is nearly impossible to do, I will tell you. It's not impossible, but it's very, very difficult to do to acquire a lot of clients midsummer. So how do I do this in the spring when my acquisition cost is cheaper and there's more 
options and my route density is better and all these things are better right so timing is important knowing when those numbers are going to come into play knowing your acquisition costs and knowing how to actually analyze those numbers when you get those statements back from your accountant or bookkeeper or whoever or even yourself if you break it down if you have you know quickbooks or something like that it'll break it down for you and knowing how to read those numbers and say hey we're spending a little bit too much money on that piece of equipment there that's not getting enough use that's just another $2,000 a month expense when that could literally just go straight to profit or um, the jobs that we're doing with that piece of equipment aren't profitable, not because we don't know what we're doing, because we're more focused on landscape versus maintenance, whatever that might look like for you guys. Learn to analyze your numbers, and I gave you a couple scenarios of how you can break things down. Um, and if you guys want me to in the future, maybe I can give some more specific uh, details, but I think it'd personally be better if you guys just tell me what you have going on and I can see if I can help you guys break it down and, and help you guys find a solution to things there because <clears throat> it's harder to explain the thought process behind it than it is to just do it for people. Um, and then, yeah, you need to know what your acquisition cost is. You need to know all those big numbers that involve growth and getting your business from where it is today to where you actually want it to be. So with that being said, Something that I want you to look at in your business, something to walk away with is say to yourself, what numbers do I want to hit? How far off are we from them? And why is that? Why is that? Right? Maybe you want to do uh, $300,000 in, in, um, in profit a year, but you're only doing $600,000 a year. Well, can you do a 50% profit margin with $600,000 and work less than 80 hours a week? Probably not. So maybe you just need to do a million dollars at a healthy 30% profit margin to do 300,000 and then reverse engineer and go back from there. So I want you guys to analyze where am I today? Where do I actually want to be? Which by the way, I believe the the first couple parts of the series, we're talking about that, your mindset going into this. Um, where do I actually want to be with the business? And then what has to happen for me to get there? And then you need to bridge the gap of the numbers. Hey, we need to get our prices up and we need more clients. Great, what's your client acquisition cost and how many clients are going to drop off when you increase those prices. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I've got to get back to work and get back to some stuff as we have a our first snowstorm on Tuesday and we are understaffed and we know we're down a vehicle. So I got a lot of work and a lot of things to do. Um, so I will I will catch you guys here soon. Enjoy your evenings and um, I'll catch you in the next one.